Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. And the fourth pick in the 2017 NBA Draft goes to... The Phoenix Suns. Bad news for Devin Booker and the Suns as they drop out of the top three. And then there were just three remaining, Magic Johnson. Maybe he's got the magic touch tonight, folks. The final three, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Boston Celtics. Lakers legacy where this is our D-Day. This is our Armageddon. This is our final dance battle you got served. This is our Independence Day. This is Lakers Lottery Ping Pong Day. Best described not through words though, but simply through Dun Dun Dun! What's up, everyone? This is your host, Jonathan Hernandez. I am joined by Alan Riley, and we will also be joined by Tommy Alexander in a little bit as well. Alan, how are you doing? I am doing okay. I'm doing very, very okay. And you're doing okay because right now it is only 5 p.m. Pacific time. And for those listeners who are listening to this right now, 
By the time you're hearing this, the lottery selections will have already been announced, and the Jonathan and Alan that is speaking to you right now is 30 minutes removed from actually finding out the results. So we're giving you a bit of a chance to travel back in time with us, experience <laughs> our... <laughs> exactly. That's traveling back. That is. Not forward. <laughs> forward would be... You got that. You got those down, dude. Uh, but yeah, we're giving you a chance to travel back in time with us, experience our reactions real time as we take you on a journey through Lot Apocalypse. So whether or not this was a good thing today with regards to the Lakers keeping their pick or not, uh, you'll either by the end of this, we'll either all be crying or all be getting lit. So uh, I think it should be a fun experience for listeners who know the the results already. Either way, Jonathan and I are going to go get either happy hour or sad hour <laughs> exactly. following this lottery. Yeah, so we have got the Lotto Show on right now in the background, and Alan and I are here in the same room wearing our Lakers Legacy shirts of luck. I've got the uh, It's Lit LA shirt, and Alan's got the... Flash the Progress with Brandon Ingram with his enormous wingspan. Yeah, so we're hoping... So soft on my skin. Exactly. So soft, and we're hoping that this brings us good luck. Uh, Before we get started, though, per usual, please follow us on Twitter, at LakersLegacyPod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes, because for every new rating and review we get, that will be a dollar added to this time machine I'm currently building that, once I complete, will allow us to go back in time to either re-rig this lottery so we win the number one or stay in the top three, and or just go back in time so we can forever relive the litness that was us winning. Who knows? (laughs) We'll soon find out (laughs) what the reason is for me going back in time. But if you want to help my time machine fund, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot as a podcast and as a radio show. So, yeah, this is a very raw, real show right now. You know, people who are listening to this and know the results are probably like, just wait till they see what happens or, oh, man, just wait till they see what happens. Or it's going to have our lowest ratings because we end up losing the pick and no one <laughs> no, wants to listen to that. But I do think it, <laughs> it, I mean, it'll be fun, though. Cathartic, right? Oh, for you know? sure. It's like, oh, let's see how miserable they yeah, are. Yeah, they're like, oh, right now. I they're wonder pre- if my misery reflected theirs accurately. Well, like, and right I'm sure now, it will. Yeah. Right now, they're all giddy. They're still like level headed. But just wait till it's like, suckers all right so before we get started um we are 15 to 20 minutes away at this point alan how are you feeling how did you feel last night how did you feel waking up how do you feel now i keep bouncing back and forth between feeling good and utterly awful Mm -hmm. um I, i think i'm at a point where gosh like i i have a good feeling which i don't know if that's good or bad but I think my raw emotions are we are we're gonna keep it. Um, oh god, like saying that out loud sucks because thus far I've only been thinking it. I haven't said it to anybody. Uh, so like, oh god, now I feel bad. <laughs> so it's just basically gone like that for the last twenty four hours. It's super up and down and inconsistent. I did dig up my twenty ten NBA championship hat, which I have not worn in years. So I don't. And this is you know when we beat the Celtics, which is obviously a good thing. That being said. I was like, I I haven't worn this particular Laker hat on a lottery day. I usually wear my Mitchell and Ness gray Lakers hat on lottery day, mm-hmm. and that has always worked out well. So then I debated, should I even wear this hat? And I was like, this is stupid. I'm overthinking it. I'm just going to wear it. I'm wearing it. So if we lose it, it's all my fault for wearing this particular hat. No, no, no. I think, you know, this is... Okay, the- thanks. Never mind. It's not my fault. <laughs> I think this is the first time that we're actually making a big deal out of it. And, you know, that causes us some apprehension. And for the most part, we're like, ooh, should we be doing this? Like last year, every year we've had this lotto show 
we've all been in separate places. Most of the time I'm watching it from work. Tommy's probably watching it from work too. And it's largely been uneventful. I don't know why for this year we decided to amp it up and be like, let's turn this into a whole kind of ritual. And uh, we're together, you know, we're actually podcasting live and doing all this stuff makes me feel uneasy. Um, But at the same time, I think there is something we can celebrate, regardless of whether or not we keep this pick. And it's to celebrate the end of this era, the end of protections, top three, top five. After this, it's our pick, you know, one way or another. And that is something to be celebrated, even though, you know, it does. The Lotto Show is kind of fun. You know, the last few years have been the anticipation and the leading up to the actual selections and everything. It gives us something to look forward to as Lakers fans because we don't have the playoffs. But I think I can say this for all Lakers fans, like we're done with this, like, Three years was enough. Uh, actually, four years, including the Julius Randle one. But definitely three years of protections and wondering whether we'll stay is definitely enough. And at the very least, we can celebrate that. I think last night, I kind of wrapped my head around, we lost it. Okay. Yeah. We lost it. And so, yeah, I'm coming into this very level-headed, even-keeled. And I guess I say that we lost it because I was looking at the history of the <laughs> number three spot. Yeah, yeah. And um, just to give you guys a quick recap of how the last few years have gone. Oh, that's a lot of red on that table. <laughs> There's a lot of red. and Red means bad, by the way. Exactly. And actually, you know, obviously everybody knows the odds by now. It's 46% to stay in the top three, but the act- it's like 54% to jump out. And the last two years, 2016, 2015, number three has held its position and stayed in. It dropped to number four in 2014, and it won number one in 2013. And then the three years prior to 2013, it dropped out three years straight. And technically, four out of the last seven years, it's dropped out. So I don't know if you're a gambler or if you believe in, you know, some things being due or whatnot, but uh, I guess you could say it's kind of due. I will say, and this is actually an interesting stat, the number three pick has only jumped to the number two spot once mm. in the history of when they started the lottery, which was 1990. So if you're going by the it could be due factor, it's ne- it's only been to the number two spot once and maybe it's due for a number two slot, you know? So yeah, but looking at the odds, it doesn't look good because more often than not, as you're seeing all the red, Alan's looking at all the red right now, it often jumps out of the top three. So I'm anticipating that to happen Falls out of the top three. Falls out of the top three. I wish it were jumping out. That would mean it's in the top two. (laughs) Yeah, it typically falls out of the top three. Although there was one stretch from 1996 to 1999 where it went number two, number one, number one, number one. We're due for that. (laughs) Exactly. So I guess as we continue to stall for time here and before it gets underway, how how is this year different from previous years? Outside of the fact that we like just decided to make this a whole or big deal or whatever and actually took some photos of us in our shirts for some reason. Wait, what? Nothing. <laughs> Professional photographer, what? So last year, what were you doing at this same time and place for the Brandon Ingram pick? Uh, I made sure I was able to get home before 5.30 or whatever it was. And honestly, I just watched it at home, standing up in front of my TV, kind of jumping up and down in my living room. But it was, it was a very lonely, lonely experience. <laughs> What about the D'Angelo Russell one? The D'Angelo Russell one, I was at uh, Victor Wang's place. Shout out to Victor. Um, so we ordered 
some Chinese food to go from Sinbala. Shout out to Sinbala. Sinbala, uh, sponsor us. <laughs> and uh, I had some like some like pork chops with with rice and some bok choy and stuff. Super Arcadian, super Asian. <laughs> and um, I was chewing rice, and when it got announced that we were num- we, that we jumped into the top three or whatever, I, I choked on that rice kernel while I was jumping up and down embracing Victor. Nice. And uh, yeah, I was coughing for a good like 10 minutes after that. <laughs> it was stuck <laughs> in my windpipe. Very nice. Uh, yeah, the last years have been very mundane for me. I was just at work. Although last year, I remember not making a big deal out of it the whole day. And I guess that like work helps with that you just go up go about your business the entire day but i remember like a good 20 minutes before the lottery started i I was so nervous that i went to the restroom like three different times just to like get my game face ready i did that thing that leonardo dicaprio does in every movie where i (laughs) I splash water on my face and i look up at the mirror i'm like (sighs) it's like in shutter island he's like Get yourself together, Teddy. Get yourself together. Come on, Teddy. <laughs> that is exactly what I did. And then I'd like waltz my way back into my, you know, my seat at my desk and like tried and act like I was normal and then just had the lotto playing on. I have two screens. I play, had it playing on the one screen. And uh, anytime someone would come over and go, hey, John, I'd be like, whoa, hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> I'm not looking at anything. <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy's happened in my life, you know? It's not going to change the, the future. Of my children. <laughs> but luckily, every time I've come away, very happy. And uh, I remember, because there's like there wasn't really anybody around me at the time. I just came away from my seat after the Brandon Ingram one with like a huge smile on my face and silent confidence. And I just walked out and like did a little stroll outside. And uh, yeah, that did was... Did you like jump in the air and kind of click your heels together? Kind of, in like a very... Or did si- you like raise the roof? Yeah, in a very silent film fashion way. <laughs> But yeah, this year we are together. For some reason, we've made it a huge deal, but um, that may come back and bite us. But you know what? Who cares? Who cares, right? Doesn't matter at this point. We have no effect on this. No if anything, on- this is more positive energy. There's no such thing as too much positive energy. Exactly. Because at the end of this podcast, at the end of this show, it's either going to be a Paul George, Markel Fultz kind of summer or Ian Clark. Yeah, I guess, how, how are you feeling this time around as opposed to the previous two or three years? Is it better now that you know at least we kept some of our lotto picks and it was, yeah. is, it isn't as like... Yeah, I think so. The, um, like last year with Brandon Ingram, it just felt like, you know, we need another piece. We have Julius, we have D'Angelo, and that's about it. We need another guy. The year before that for D'Angelo's year, it was even more desperate, I think, because we just had one dude in Julius. So at this point, like, we have like a pretty full roster of guys we know are not going to be out of the league at any point in the next 10 years. So it's like, I feel more settled. Therefore I haven't been anticipating it nearly as much. I think the anticipation was higher before. And this is kind of sad to say, because we in our lifetimes had never experienced anything like this before. Now it has become normal, which is unfortunate. And it's just like, "Eh, okay, we're here again. Um, So that feeling of like the unknown, or um, just general anticipation for something new that definitely doesn't exist within me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some ways, like I feel like it snuck up on me. I mean, one week ago, I was like, oh gosh, it's one week from today. But the six days in between, I, I wasn't stressing over it the same way sure. I have in the past. I just kind of let it go. And last night, I was like, oh crap, it's tomorrow. And now here we are. So it, it's different for sure. Um I actually don't feel like I would be as crushed 
if we lose this pick, as yeah. I would have been last year or the year before that. Yeah. I think really for me, and I, I really don't know why, just naturally I felt like making this a huge deal. I took the day off from work. <laughs> like I feel like yeah. I feel like this is something you would do for the last two years, right? But but yeah. maybe I think just in, instinctually for me, I'm like, this is the end of an era for us, regardless of what happens. And yeah, let's just close this out, good or bad. As Rob Palinka said, tonight, no matter what, we come out as winners. And I like that positivity. Um, you know, Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka said, like, they're not bringing any good luck charms up there. You know, they're being very re- practical about it, which for Magic Johnson, you'd think, like, he'd have something secret. Well, he's all the luck he needs just being himself. True, true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, people listening are like, just you wait, fellas. You losers. You're so excited <laughs> and you're going to be so disappointed in the next 20 minutes. And we will be they're crying with you guys or like celebrating and doing the air horns with you guys in just bow, 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 bow. <laughs> we really hope that's the case <laughs> um so yeah before the actual selections get under place alan as is customary i thought we could do one no last no tankathon oh god this spin. one feels like it matters <laughs> this one feels like it matters so to recap we are four and two um the last one we we spun, we got the number one pick, actually. So right here, tankathon.com, everybody. It's a way of life for us the past couple years, actually. So sad. This is the last sim we're ever going to do. Thank God. Thank God. So over it. So how much weight are we putting on this, Alan? I'd say like 40%, which is really ridiculous to say. Okay. It doesn't matter. Well, here but we it go. it does. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Oh. Where are we? <laughs> Jesus, it's far down. <laughs> All right, so our last Tankathon sim ever has Boston winning number one, Philadelphia winning number two, Detroit jumping nine spots to the That's three so spot. That's so stupid. Phoenix number four, Lakers nah, drop to five, and fe- the Philadelphia 76ers get two and five. And that is possibly the worst case scenario That's you could so come up bad, with. That's so bad, dude. So I don't that know. That almost makes me feel better. Like, that's so ridiculous. It's just like, man, whatever. Like, we really lost it. Yeah, I have if such a bad feeling right now that, uh, you know. I take back the 40%. It doesn't matter. We're playing on house money. Who should we have speak to us? Uh, you know, let's let's have Luke. God. Let's have Luke speak. <laughs> the voice of God. <laughs> yeah, so let's have Luke speak us out after that very bad and terrible tankathon spin. That final one where we dropped to five. Uh, you got to pump our spirits up once again, Luke, as we get into this. So take us out. Well, I uh, gotta say, Jonathan, Alan, uh, you know, I'm I'm real happy that you guys are so supportive and so dedicated to, you know, take off a day of work and move your schedule around. Um, as far as that number five goes, I mean, you know, like I said before, Magic already told me we got the pick. So there's nothing to worry about, fellas. We're all going to be fine. We're going to win this thing no matter what. Laker Nation, we got this. The Magic Man is there. Rob is there. I'm watching with my Bulldog right now at home because he's good luck. Baby Landon's asleep, so I don't have to worry about her. Everything is uh, going to be good. All right. Thanks, Luke. I feel a lot better. After the turn, it begins. So with that said, we will cut this off right here, and the next time you hear us, it will be the start of the countdown. The third pick in this year's draft goes to the Philadelphia 76ers. The second pick will be made by the Los Angeles Lakers. 
We are back. The time has come. We've set our phones aside, not looking at Twitter. Got Tankathon up to make sure everybody's where they should be in the standings and slots. Oh, and it is Tatum. Here's Mark Tatum. Sorry, I Here freaked out that okay. it wasn't Mark Tatum at first. Miami, Miami, Miami. Yeah, yeah, Chalk, okay. chalk, chalk. chalk. <laughs> Sorry, Lonzo. Zo. He's so all mad. Sad. Come on now. Denver. Okay, okay. Woo. All right, all chalk. Right, here we go. They take a commercial... We want to make it to the commercial. To yes, top three. Just three, huh? Just Not three. like five or something? Oh, God. We just want to oh, make it good. to the commercial. Detroit. Okay. Oh, shock, good, good. Chalk, 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 Because that jumped in our stupid thing. Yeah. I hate doing that. I really hate doing this. I... Charlotte. Woo-hoo. All right, all right, all right. Good, good, good. So dumb. This is so dumb. It only takes one team to see this. I know. But actually, you know, even if there's two that jump, we won't know till the very end. Sacramento. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's correct. What sucks is we're going to have to go all the way down to four. Yeah. Pretty much. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, gosh. Dallas. Okay. Okay, good. Okay. Thank God. Hell chalk so far. No, we can't freak out if we see one team out, okay? I mean, we are, but we it's not not the end of the world. My reaction will be silence. Oh! Sacramento. Philly gets that pick. Oh my god, Joel! Oh my god, the pick swap happened. Jo- <laughs> I told you I'd be silent. Wait, what's go- okay? Wait, I'm confused so now. The- I don't know either. <clears throat> I'm I'm lost. We're still not good enough at this thing. I think we lost it because New York is not where they were supposed to be. Right? I don't know. It went straight to Minnesota. Is it us? No. Wait. Well, I mean, this... <laughs> so this is Philly's pick, but it's... A... Everyone's <laughs> so, so, confused, so confused, dude. Well, here is the moment of truth, folks. I think New York and and Sacramento jumped in. So are we, we fourth? I think we're fourth. Oh well, my god, are you serious? No! Oh! oh! Wait, wait, wait! wait. Oh, 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 yeah! Oh, yeah! Wait a second! Tell me! Tell me! Wait, wait, wait! What? 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 Oh, shit. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Magic Johnson's pumping his fist and he's got a big old smile. Paul, George, Paul, George, Paul, George. He's Michael doing a little dance. Yeah. Paul, George. No Ian Clark. No uh, Ian yeah. Clark. No Ian Clark. No Ian Clark. No Ian Clark. <laughs> I mean, oh, we, still, we, still might, we still might get Ian Clark, actually. It's like best of both worlds now. now I'm can, so confused, though. Now we can have everything we want. I'm so confused. <laughs> what happened to New York? We're, I don't even know, dude. Okay, hold on. Okay. Uh, we made it to commercial, guys. Congratulations. We have no idea. We're just lit right now. It's lit! It's lit! Bow, 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 bow. I'm, I'm happy. Dude, I, I'm happy regardless of oh, what happens my God. from here. Um, we're gonna collect ourselves for the most. I'm part. shaking. My hands are shaking. This is so dumb. Um, okay, so we'll catch you guys after the turn uh, commercial break coming up next. Here we go. Congratulations, guys. These last four years have not been in vain. Logan, you've done it. I don't know why I decided to do that. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. We'll be back. Hold on. Can't com- compose ourselves. All right. So we're back after the uh, commercial break. We're um, still alive. It's happy top hour. Three. We still have no idea what happened. But either way, we're going to be happy. Third pick. Boston, 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 Boston. Oh, I'm sorry, Sixers. I'm sorry. 
Boston, 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 Boston. Boston, Boston. Boston. It's, we're going to get two for the third straight year. Okay, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay, all right, all right, all right. That's crazy. <clears throat> Stupid Celtics. Damn, they oh, got Marco Fultz. Oh, gross, dude. Uh, I'm not sure how to feel. I'm happy, but knowing that oh, I wish we had the number, number one. one, dude. We literally just said during the commercial break, I don't care what we get, but now I'm like, yeah, oh, I yeah. wanted one. And I it wanted feels, one. It, feels it was dirty. more like to stick it to Boston. It feels dirty seeing Boston get the number it one. It does, dude. Oh, screw that. So they're going to get Fultz now. Um, Damn. I should have worn my green running shoes. It would have been like reverse jinx. Yeah. I didn't wear my green running shoes because it's Boston. All right, guys. So we are now looking at Lonzo Ball or Paul George. And either way, I'm happy. But oh. again. Um, no, I'm happy. I'm like 70% happy. Yeah. 30% screw Boston. To be fair, Boston now has a package that can beat us by just yeah. having the number one. So, I mean, that's something to be concerned about. Um, but, yeah, no, we kept the pick. This widens our ability and possibilities to do something big this summer, regardless of whether we stand pat or whether we trade. So, yeah, I am still trying to wrap my head around what just happened. I still want to know where I'm the Knicks... I'm so confused, yeah. man. It says Knicks will select eighth. In the 2000, okay. Did they just, did I just totally miss the Knicks? We were going down the row here. Yeah. It got weird with Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right, well, guys, we did it. Um, we're going to try and get Tommy on here in just a bit to get his thoughts. Uh, sorry if this is all scattered. Uh, hope nobody's expecting a normal show where, where we make sense. But uh, I think the best part about this show is Joel Embiid looking just as confused as uh, all of us. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll be back in, in just a few minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah, stay there. I mean, what else are you going to do? What is Kobe Not even said? me. Right? Have you talked to Kobe about coming to the Lakers? Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. I plan on working out with him and... Uh, oh, you are going to yeah, work out Yeah, pick his brain a little bit. Have you worked out with him before? Nah, not are yet. Are you nervous about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would think so. <laughs> you know, I'm training I've... now to get ready to work out with him. <laughs> All right, we're back, and we got Tommy. Tommy, what do you got to say? Yes! Hey, can we get that one more time in a whispered tone? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it is lit, folks. Tommy, uh, where were you? What were you doing? Uh, were you just at your, your place? So I left my place early today. I, sorry, I can't even think straight. I left my job early today, <laughs> and I came home to my place so I could sit down and properly enjoy the... Uh, a lot of selection and i didn't realize how nervous i was i was going to be until it actually started and he started going down the list and that whole philadelphia fiasco or whatever was going on there between that was just like so confusing to me so i was literally waiting until number four to see that it was not the lakers or philadelphia or whoever and when it was just flat phoenix i just lost it So Alan and I, pretty much, we could not keep track of the way it was going. We were as lost and as confused as Joel Embiid's face uh, showed itself to be on camera. And at four, I literally turned to Alan and I said, oh, we lost it. Because for some reason in the Sacramento fiasco, I felt like they didn't say the New York Knicks pick for some reason. And so I was really confused that the Knicks weren't there. So I thought for like a good... No, the Knicks were eight. They were eight? Yeah. did Did they say it right after though? Because they said, I feel, I feel like they said Minnesota right after, which which really confused me. Because 
Minnesota was number six, right? Or maybe I was just so confused lit. by the Sacramento thing and, and lit. <laughs> well, I wasn't lit yet, but uh, I was so confused that I didn't hear New York. So but what I guess happened was I guess Sacramento jumped from uh, eight, eight to three. Yeah. And so Philly got that one, yep. and so Sacramento or the wait, <laughs> no, no, you're, who was you're five? Uh, five is Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. Or, no, Philly was five actually. Sorry. Yeah. So shouldn't Sacramento have been? Yeah. So Sacramento now gets the fifth pick, but I think they still show it. I think they still showed it as Philly. Oh. Yeah. So my my I can don't know what they did, but all I know is the Lakers really lucked the f out. But it's just crazy that it, I mean it was always going to come down to that fourth pick, but even by the fourth pick, we had no idea where it was going to go. So that was the first time where it's been like for sure could have gone either way, and um, yeah, I don't. I don't I don't know how to feel yet. It sucks seeing the Celtics uh, at number one, but we kept our pick. Oh, that's all that matters. How did your day go, by the way, <laughs> leading up to this? Do you want to tell everybody about what you ate for lunch? Yes, for lunch, I had a very delicious bowl at Panda Express. Um, I don't know why. It's like things happen for a reason, right? Maybe my Panda Express lunch ended up having an impact on where the <laughs> Lakers landed in the lottery. We'll never know, but we'll never not know also. <laughs> true I, true i went to panda express which i never eat ever for lunch okay really i don't eat it generally but I, especially not for lunch because you know it, whatever anyway i went to panda express dun, i dun, ate it had a, great, dun, dun, dun. had a great time opened my fortune cookie at the end of the meal and it said lose the small ones but win the big ones, which really now that we ended up in number has two meanings. One meaning lose like the number 33 pick, because once we get in the top three, we lose our second rounder this year to Orlando. And then win the big ones, win the top three, obviously. But second, second meaning win the big baller ones. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I think you're on to something there. Uh, More importantly, what did you say what you actually ate? Oh, I ate a bowl, uh, half white rice, half chow mein, okay, and okay. orange chicken. Wait, what? Orange chicken? Yes. Orange chicken! Orange chicken! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, so that's awesome. Uh, I think that was very uh, prophetic of you and your uh, fortune cookie. Uh, great signs, great signs. I held the paper in my hand while they were counting down the uh, teams. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a legit lottery for you, right? That's, yeah. that's pretty funny. Okay, so let's try and compose ourselves here. Tommy, I, t- I tweeted out that text that you told me to tweet out about, do you want to explain to people the other angle? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is something that we talked about and we said we are going to call people out. And I don't know if we actually kept a list. And frankly, I'm too lit to go back and <laughs> and look for a list. But if you have one, that'd be great. But It's, it's going to be RT Armageddon. I'm going to search and I'm going to RT all these fools. But yeah, go RT ahead. RT Armageddon, <laughs> which basically our point here is when the Lakers went on that five-game win streak and won like five of the last six or whatever to close the season. Everybody complained, what are they doing? They're so dumb. They need to be tanking. And I said at the time, and I th- we all said at the time, okay, let's see what these people have to say when the number two worst record falls out of the top three and the Lakers end up in the top three because they were the number three seed. Well, guess what? The number three seed jumped to number two and the number two seed fell to number four, which is actually exactly what happened mm-hmm. I think the example we used was two years ago with D'Angelo Russell. We were 
we were number three, right? And then we jumped to number two, and then the number two team was the Knicks. They fell to number four, and we said we were literally like two years removed from that. What if it happened again? And it happened again. So there you go, tank trusters who were like, oh man, what are they doing? Just play the games. You just play the games, yeah. you know? Take that, Phoenix. It's like, what yeah, are they Phoenix doing? Bench their entire team and did all this nonsense and didn't play, you know, Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight and all these guys who could have probably helped them win a few more games. And, you know, people forget Phoenix went like not on a run, but they won a few games. Like they separated themselves from us a bit mm-hmm. uh, for a while there. And it was like, oh, well, there's no way we're going to end up number two because Phoenix started winning a bunch of games and then they literally benched everybody. They even started benching Devin Booker some games and this is what you get. Yep, exactly. And I all I can remember is people saying, man, the Lakers just don't care enough. They're, they don't care about their future. What is the front office thinking? Playing some of these players, playing to win. What are they doing, et cetera, et cetera. And it just goes to show you like, this is why it's a lottery, folks. Like, we have no idea the way the balls are going to bounce. And it wasn't like we were going to drop to four, which would have been an entirely different story. We were just going to stay at number three, and, and that was it. Or, you know, stay within the top three. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a win on multiple levels, including being able to call out these people, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I guess, how, how how are we feeling? Alan, how are you feeling? You're, you're silent over here. I'm just processing everything at this point. Um, I, I feel good, generally. But, man, I got to say, and I don't want to be like Debbie Downer, knowing that Boston got the first pick and they're about to play in the Eastern Conference Finals and it's Boston of all the freaking teams. Um, yeah, there's just like a bad taste in my mouth after that. Yeah, I, I kind of feel dirty. Like, I'm glad we kept our pick. But knowing that the Celtics are going to get faults. I know. Sorry, I'll just butt yeah. in for a second, no, even though I, nobody asked me. Uh, yeah, the Celtics getting faults, potentially. I think I still think they're going to trade the pick, but if they get faults, that's uh, that hurts a little bit. But we have the we have a very strong asset. Whether we try to trade it for a guy like Paul George, or whether we keep it, we're going to get a solid young player. I don't know if it's it's probably not going to be a franchise changing player, but it'll be a solid young player in the event that like Indiana doesn't open up, you know, the phone or pick up the phone for Paul George trade. So I don't know. I have to think that given our franchise and given our uh, our roster, I, I don't know. Whoever we get is going to end up very good. Okay, so it, it's it's uh, whether we end up losing the pick or using it, and I it's I don't I don't have words. I'm just very excited. <laughs> So this is the third straight year that we have gotten the number two pick. Has anything Which like that ever so happened? Weird. There's no way something like that has happened. It's it's kind of so like weird. the way that the Cavaliers got the number one for four straight years, but we've always gotten the number two, I guess. But I guess that also shows you that this is a lottery because it's not like we were number two in the standings prior every year. You know, it's we always found our way to number two somehow. So. Right. Uh, yeah, very interesting. Um, we almost held to place if not for that uh, wacky Sacramento thing. I'm sure Sixers fans are ecstatic that the pick swap happened because regardless of whether or not they won or not, the fact that they're able to tell Vladi Divox and we, Alan and I were laughing because when they showed Dave Yoger's face, Jaeger's face, Dave uh, Yogurt, yeah, they, <laughs> when they showed him on the screen, it was like Sacramento Kings zero percent chance to win the top pick. And it's true because of that pick swap. So I think Philly fans are happy. Lakers fans are happy. And obviously Boston fans are very, very happy. But uh, 
yeah, that that extra wrinkle in there in this year's draft is kind of kind of funny. Just the fact that the number eight pick jumped into the top three, but because of that pick swap, it's still a Sixers pick somehow. And uh, you know, Sacramento doesn't have a bad pick themselves; they get the number five. But uh, but yeah, it's been a while since a team outside the top five has made that big of a jump, right? So. Um, sad for Sacramento that uh, they just had to surrender it. Uh, but Alan, do you, uh, do you have any thoughts right now? Well, I think uh, Rob uh, might have a couple of thoughts. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, does he? So, uh, Jonathan, you know, you talked about caring and how um, you know there's so many so many Sixers fans who who really care about their team. Well, I just got to say that the Lakers really, excuse my language, freaking care. You could book that. Take it to the bank. It's lit. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Rob Palinka. He was in the back room for us. Uh, he knew the results beforehand. At first, when they showed him on camera, he was sweating, and we're like, uh-oh. Something wrong, Rob? Um, Rob but- Lopalinka doesn't sweat. He glistens. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, everything ended up coming up Lakers for the third straight year. And I think the best part of this, guys, is we're done. We are done oh, with this. Thank God, thank God, man. I, hate I this hope crap. we never have to deal with this again. Ooh, I'm so relieved. Um, Alan and I, as the, as the picks were going down again, we were just like, oh my God, I hate doing this. I hate reading the rules all over again, even though we know the rules every year. It's just so much is going on in your head all at once, even though it's such a simple process that, yeah, I'm glad to be over with this. It's been fun. It's been exciting. But but yeah, I guess my my one question regarding the Celtics pick is... Outside of them getting Fultz, um, the other problem with this is that uh, they now actually have a better asset than the Lakers, right? With regards to being able to offer it up. So my question is, is it is it actually worse that they get the number one pick in your opinion? Because I think there's a case to be made that because it's Fultz, would they even be willing to surrender Fultz for a guy like Paul George, given how stingy they've been? And the fact that Paul George doesn't necessarily even want to be in Boston. Does that make sense? What do you think? Can I go? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that I don't think Paul George is in the picture for Boston. And the reason is sort of along the lines of what you said. I think Boston is going to look to move this number one pick. Um, And I don't think it's going to be for Paul George because I don't think he's going to give them the long-term commitment that they're going to be looking for if they're trading the number one pick Jimmy Butler, I think Mm -hmm. makes a lot more sense for them just in terms of like his personality. And he seems like he would want to be there more. And like, you know, he's like kind of like a blue, more of a blue collar type, like, you know, tough playing guy. If you watch Boston in that game seven, this is, this is like what those guys play like, you know what I mean? Like they, Jimmy Butler would slide right in there and it would make a lot of sense. I don't really view Boston as a legitimate um, threat in a potential Paul George trade. I just, I don't know. Maybe you guys disagree, but I just think that if we're offering a top three pick also like number two or, you know, whatever, uh, or like a maybe a couple of our assets that we uh, value less than the number two, depending on what we see in the scouting um, leading up to the draft here. I just don't see Boston putting up a comparable offer because we are more willing to take a risk. Paul George has said things about us that he hasn't said about Boston. If you're Boston, you're still banking on the fact that you're gonna he's gonna get there, and then you're gonna convince him like, yeah, actually, this is where you want to be. 
it's not impossible that that's going to happen, but like you, st- you don't know that beforehand. And given how cautious Ainge has been, I think he would pr- probably prefer to take more of a clean slate like Jimmy Butler. And I don't know. We're all super, super high on faults as we should be. But I don't think the and g- general NBA consensus is this is like Carl uh, Anthony Towns or um, Anthony Davis or I'm trying to think of other like obvious like Kyrie Irving like other obvious number ones of the last you know six seven years. I think people think that Fultz is the number one, but he's not such a sure thing. You know what I mean? Keep in mind this guy's team won like ten games last year. Like obviously he was a crap team and all this and that, but. I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question, but I don't. I don't think if I don't think necessarily that it's a bad thing they got number one. Sure, Alan. What about you? <clears throat> yeah, I think if we're looking at who's a better fit for Boston between Paul George and Jimmy Butler, I believe most people would say Jimmy Butler would be culturally more consistent with how Boston is. Would you agree with that, Jonathan? Yeah, and then I think on top of it, practically speaking, Jimmy Butler's still on contract for two years or so, so they don't have to worry about an expiring on the other end of this. So it just makes more sense. I think it's not going to impede them from asking about Paul George, but if they had to surrender the number one pick, they definitely go for the more sure thing. And I think the Chicago Bulls would be thrilled to reset the button like that, you know? Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I guess... In terms of Paul George going to Boston, I would still be a little bit worried um, that he just may find that he really likes playing for that organization because they do have history of winning culture. I mean, Isaiah Thomas famously wanted to become a Laker because that's his favorite team, and he's in Boston now, you know, the enemy, so to speak, but he freaking loves Boston. Um, Very different situation, of course, between those two, but I don't know. I'd, I'd still be quite wary if Paul George ended up on the Celtics as far as him committing to them long-term after next season. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So now that we do have the number two pick and obviously it's going to take a couple of days for us to decompress and really figure out how we're feeling. And obviously we'll have a follow-up show to that, but right now our raw gut reactions, um, do we view this number two pick as Lonzo Ball slash Josh Jackson slash De'Aaron Fox? Because we've heard that the Lakers are looking at four prospects and those are the four prospects. Or do we view it as Paul George? Because at least as far as I'm concerned, I view this as Paul George. And now that we actually have the number two pick secured, I can see a deal where we don't have to secure Julius Randle. I think we can get this done with number two, Jordan Clarkson, number 28. Let's do it. Take it or leave it. Kevin Pritchard, did you just see the Jimmy Kimmel interview with Paul George? So if we can get away with that, I am doing it 100%. Let's go. Tommy, what about you? I don't know. I know that's weird to say. I I, I really don't know. I I, I think it's, we talk so much about leading into this, oh, if we get top three and it's not number one, you could pretty much just pencil in Paul George there. And I still want to say that's true. I, and I still want to say Pritchard is going to move Paul George at some point, or at least he's going to really try to. I just don't know necessarily, and it's probably going to be to us, but that's this is where I'm going. I don't know if we're going to use the number two. If Lonzo Ball is as good as all these fools keep saying he is, which, look, I don't know if I've necessarily seen it yet, but if the Lakers bring this guy in and they've been scouting him all year because obviously the season was lost in like January or December, you know, so they've been scouting this guy all year. They're going to bring him in for workouts. 
you know, question whether his dad even holds him out of like Celtics workouts, but they're going to bring him in for workouts and they're going to get to know him. They're probably going to talk to his dad because his dad's his agent. They're going to get a feel for that situation. If they are really high on a guy like Lonzo Ball, I'm not ruling out the possibility they move D'Angelo Russell or they try to build that other another type of package like that and use Lonzo Ball as their point guard of the future moving forward. Hmm. So that's where I think the number two is like such a such a weird situation to me because it's not just like, oh, Lonzo Jackson or Paul George. It's like I see a scenario where we keep Lonzo and also get Paul George and that involves moving D'Angelo Russell and I don't know, maybe another piece, but I don't know. Do you guys, do you disagree with that or what do you think? That is an interesting angle. I was only ever considering trading D'Angelo Russell if we had Fultz. I don't know if I do that for Lonzo Ball or even De'Aaron Fox or anybody like that, but I mean, it could be the case. You know, it all depends at this point on individual workouts and now the Lakers know they can work out Lonzo Ball, Josh Jackson and De'Aaron Fox, right? So we will have ample evidence to go off of. And at this point, we just have to trust the process and trust their evaluations of these guys. But at least we are going to have legit evaluations to work off of. Uh, Alan, what about you? Yeah, I actually had the same thought as Tommy earlier. Uh, you know, I was thinking if we get Lonzo, who's to say he's the only person we would trade for Paul George? Um, I could see where we would be, not to use a word that a lot of the media has been using, but where the Lakers are enamored with Lonzo right. Ball. And um, I, I think I would – I don't know. I'm kind of like you, Tommy. I just don't know right now. Would I be shocked if we kept Lonzo just straight up and didn't trade him for Paul George? No, that would not surprise me. I'd be like, yeah, of course, like they love him and a lot of people love Lonzo. At the same time, if we did trade him, that wouldn't surprise me either, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're looking to do something relatively quickly at this point and not just hoard our new assets. So um, the question then obviously is would a package not including Lonzo Ball get the job done to get Paul George? And for that, I'm, I'm definitely more skeptical that Indiana takes that deal. I don't know. And that that's why I, th- I just think there's a lot. There's definitely a lot uh, at play here, right? Because it's like, look, this is not a despite what Bill Simmons or like, I think because of Lonzo's extremely, extremely strong L.A. ties, everybody had him penciled in going to the Lakers, whether he was one, two, three, whatever. You know what I mean? Or whether we're sorry, whether we ended up one, two, three or whatever. I guess the question is, when does a trade like this get done, right? Like, hypothetically, we're we're trying to get a trade done for Paul George, okay? If you're the Indiana Pacers and you're trying to get this trade done and you're trading Paul George and the centerpiece of the package is the Lakers' number two pick, wouldn't, that want, wouldn't you think they would want to make that selection themselves, like, wouldn't they want to like know, okay, for sure we're doing this. So I want to scout these guys. I don't want to rely on whoever the Lakers chose number two. You know what I mean? So it almost makes you feel like if they're going to make a trade, like when's the draft a month and a half, like a month and 10 days or something from mm-hmm. now? Like yeah. if they're going to make a trade for the for uh, Paul George, the Lakers for that number two pick, it's probably not going to be a situation like, you know, we always bring up the Kevin Love thing. Andrew Wiggins was like the consensus number one pick, you know what I mean? And so it's like when you're making that trade, you're trading the number one overall. 
Is Lonzo the consensus number two? I don't know. What if Indiana preferred Josh Jackson? Or what if they didn't want Lon- What if they didn't have Lonzo in their top five? You know what I mean? Like that's where things get a little tricky with me for me with this trade situation because I feel like if Indiana is going to go that route, they either have to have whoever the Lakers end up choosing number two. They have to have that guy valued really high internally somehow, which like. How would they do that if they're not, you know, they it's, they don't have a lottery pick. So are they going to be scouting these guys? You know, what, you see what I'm saying? It gets like a little murky because the second Indiana starts working out these guys, people are going to be like, oh, I, there's a trade. Right. You know what I mean? And then if they don't work out these guys and the Lakers make that selection, you have to assume that your package is not now weakened because we chose a guy that we had ranked high doesn't necessarily mean you had them ranked high. Sure. I think the thing that has to happen from here on out is if both parties are even remotely interested, which I think they would be, or communication is going to have to begin Pretty starting much now. now. Yeah. yeah. So that if there's even interest from Pritchard's side, then Mitch would have to say, Mitch, sorry, no, sorry, <laughs> sorry, too soon. Um, Rob Palinka would have to tell him and they'd have to be communicating back and forth very closely. In fact, um, I, yeah, I don't know if there's ever been a situation like this because in the past, like, when trades like this have happened, at least the other team is also in the lot in the lottery, so they can still work out these same prospects, and it wouldn't look as weird. You know what I mean? Like when the Tyson Chandler Elton Brand trade happened, I, I'm pretty sure Chicago still had a lotto pick, so it's like they're still working out this crop of players. Whereas the Pacers don't have a lotto pick, so why would they? You know, you're almost giving away your hand at that point. But at the same time, yeah, I, I understand that it's such a tri- tricky, murky situation that the likes of which we really haven't had before. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I do think that they are going to have to communicate as soon as now, and somehow Pritchard is going to have to get some of these guys to come in. Yeah. I'm still trying to wrap my head around how this would possibly work as well. Obviously, if a deal gets consummated, then you will have to assume that Palinka and Pritchard talked right before the pick selection happens, and mm-hmm. whatever pick is made at number two, that is going to have to be like probably traded immediately after to the Pacers on draft night or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, like, look, that's the weird thing, right? Like they could technically the Pacers and the Lakers could make a trade now or like tomorrow, you know, like both teams are out of the playoffs and you figure if you're Indiana and you actually are going to want to do this, you're going to want to do your due diligence a little bit here. And that's where, again, it just gets so confusing to me because how much time do you need to do your due diligence? You know, like maybe the Pacers weren't thinking in January like the Lakers were, oh, I better start scouting top five prospects. Like I can almost guarantee you they were not, you know, so they're going to want to do their due diligence. Uh, Are they ready to commit to trading Paul George in May? You know, like this is the off the training camp doesn't start until September. This was something we thought was sort of going to be this ongoing summer saga. But like now that we're number two, it's like I said, it's weird just because we're in this draft where maybe the Lakers take a guy like Lonzo at number two. Maybe Indiana would have preferred um, Josh Jackson or something, you know, so a Lonzo package suddenly doesn't look so attractive to them. So I don't know. It's it's just it's so weird to me. I, all I know is I'm very happy we have we have the stupid pick. These are great problems to have, really. Yeah. At the end of the day, and yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. Wouldn't it be so funny though? Because for a trade to, like this to happen, 
you know, the pick would have to be made first. So no matter what, whoever number two is, he's going to be holding up a Lakers jersey and wearing a Lakers hat for a short period of time, which is going to be awkward for them. But how hilarious would it be after all of this? Big baller brand LeVar gets his wish and sees Lonzo Ball in a Lakers jersey. And then like 10 minutes later, Silver goes up there and says, we have a trade to announce. Right. And oh, Lonzo yeah, Ball right. ends up as an Indiana Pacer and LeVar is yeah. just crying in the back or something like that. It would be so hilarious. Uh, yeah, sorry. I slightly misstated it. You're right that they cannot trade the pick until the draft because 2018 is now already traded to Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that rule, you can't do consecutive. So we can't make the trade until after we've made the selection. But again, at that at this point, you know, like... First of all, Lonzo's agent is going to, I guess LeVar, is going to know by this point this is not a pick the Lakers are keeping. True. If uh, if Indiana is rumored, it, it's not going to be like a hard rumor to figure out. Like guys are going to see like top five prospects are working out for the Indiana Pacers. That seems a little bit odd because it's like people see these guys in and out of the facility. Like it's you can't really hide that. You know what I mean? So. It's the rumors are going to definitely start to pick up here, I think, in the next few weeks. But I don't know. I've been like sort of peeking around Twitter since like it all this all went down, which I know wasn't that long ago. But it's a lot of people are thinking now that we have the number two, maybe we just hold on to it and we try to build some other type of package Involving Randall or I don't know, Russell or I don't don't know what's going to happen. I'm I'm so confused. I'm so confused. (laughs) Uh, we'll try and talk you off the ledge. But um, yeah, at this point, you know, we we read that article or we saw that those that news from uh, Wojnarowski who said if the Lakers do keep their top three pick, then that opens up the door for them to possibly attach their number 28th pick or some other young asset like probably Jordan Clarkson to get rid of a guy like Mozgov or get rid of Dang's contract to really make some waves and splashes here to start this rebuild to contention essentially and now that we know that our 2018 pick is going to philadelphia no matter what we're not tanking anymore guys so we're gonna have to i hope we pivot at least at at some level to improve and get better because i don't want to see philly with our pick in the top five next year you know so i'm hoping we're at least a 35 win team but also hey i am i've always been set on trading for paul george and if we can do that and then ship off the number 28 and Mozgov and free up extra space and get some guys in who can actually help right now to expedite the progress of D'Angelo and Brandon Ingram next year. And we somehow become a fringe playoff team or right outside the playoff team. I will be ecstatic, you know, cause then we know we are on the, we're making strides. We're on the right steps and Philadelphia is going to have a, you know, 14, 15 pick. Um, and we, we essentially, because of this, now again, we've kept our 2019 pick. <laughs> People like to say we kept it, but yeah, all of a sudden it magically appears. Yeah, we received it. We received it. Um, we really stole it back from our, poor Orlando, man. They ended up not even getting a first round pick from us for Dwight Howard. <laughs> well, that's why their GM is now fired <laughs> because he didn't add, he, he agreed to that deal and right. it's, it's gone. So this is great on multiple levels. We keep our 2019 pick and... Yeah, we don't have to worry about this crap anymore, at least for next year. So, yeah, I hope we get better. Uh, We'll see what happens. For now, all we're going to keep saying is we don't know. Confusion, mass chaos. But it's a happy, happy chaos. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start scouting those 2019 prospects tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to take my mind off things. Yeah, because 2018, we're going to have, like, withdrawals. Like, lotto withdrawals. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. 
Not if we have Paul George. Ooh, yes, you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that'll do it for us. I mean, we could keep babbling about nothing, but at this point, uh, yeah, we're just happy. Number two, three straight years in a row. It's lit. It's, it's lit. lit LA. You know, we kept it trill the entire season. Lakers kept it trill by winning, you know, five out of the last six, in spite of what people were saying, in spite of people going on individual players' accounts and saying, you're stupid. What are you doing, man? Suck it, Phoenix. Suck it, Phoenix, Devin Booker, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, more news to come, I'm, I'm assuming. Yes, uh, now we got workouts and everything like that. We'll actually be able to see the top prospects. And who knows, there might still be a surprise here and there um, with regards to the number two pick and who the Lakers are considering. So we'll just have to, to wait and see. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great summer, everybody. Summer league. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, anybody have any last comments to say? I think uh, LeVar Ball's got something to say. <laughs> I told y'all I was going to speak this into existence. My boy going to be a Laker. You see what I'm saying? Number two is going to happen. We going to be training up in these hills of Chino. The Chino Hills. The hills, baby. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going on. Big ball of brand. There we go. LeVar Ball, everybody. One question I had was... Okay, so you're, like I said, a lot of people don't think that Fultz is a absolute consensus number one. If you're LeVar Ball, do you hold Lonzo out of number one pick, uh, like, contention? And, like, is that how bad you want him to go to the Lakers? Yeah. Man, we don't even go and talk about none of that. You know what? You know what, man? He could work out for whoever he want, but it's going to work out. Boston ain't going to want to take him because he won't stay in L.A. And guess what? If Boston do want to take him, I'll bet you anything they could be like, you know what? We can't even handle this boy because he's so good. He's so good we can't <laughs> even handle him because we Boston. He belong in L.A. He, the Celtics, they know what's best for the NBA. They don't want to take my son. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> With that said. Yeah, it's a good question. I think he is going to do that because I I think there was this quote from even Lonzo who said, I don't care about being number one pick. I want to be at the Lakers. That's literally what he said. Yeah. So the fact that Lonzo's already come out and said, I've never heard a prospect say in my life, I don't care about being the number one pick. I know. It's so crazy, this family, but whatever, you know. It's It's called speaking it into existence. (laughs) Dear God, I have LeVar Burson in my living room right now. Uh, (laughs) We're going to have to deal with this for an entire 15 years. I mean, hopefully... If what any- is that a deal with? <laughs> Ain't dealing with nothing. You be in the presence of greatness. Oh, dear God. I mean, hopefully at the very least, like, you know, because they've quote unquote spoken this into existence, Lonzo and his father knows, they know how much they have to live up to. And they'll hopefully carry that pressure well, because holy crap, man, if things go wrong here, they're, they're never going to hear it. Ain't no pressure. You know what pressure is? Pressure's when my foot on your neck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, with with that said, thank you guys for listening. I felt like we collectively as Lakers Legacy spoke this into existence. Uh, Alan and I wore our Lakers Legacy t-shirts. Tommy, we didn't tell you this, but we also took a mini photo shoot as well with our shirts. And now I can nice. now I can nice. proudly post this up on our Twitter. <laughs> and hopefully we'll, our uh, t-shirt sales will rise to like three after this. Uh, so good luck, Charm Shirts. Um, Tommy ate Panda Express, Orange Chicken. Half chow mein, half white rice. Remember all of these things for the future. Oh, n- never mind. We're not doing this again. So yeah, it was a good day. I took work off. Alan moved his schedule around. Tommy went home early. We're a bunch of degenerates here. 
<laughs> but it all helped out and it all worked. Uh, I can only imagine the darkest timeline version of this episode <laughs> where we are just crying and we're just like sighing and groaning and all this stuff. Instead, we're groaning because we, we don't know what to do with all the options that we have at our disposal now. But uh, yeah, this should be a good episode because Tommy, uh, Alan and I did like a live, you know, live cast of this from 15 minutes before to when it all popped off and got lit. So uh yeah, this will be an episode for the ages, and uh, yeah, hope everybody, everybody's lit. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please rate and review us on iTunes. You have no freaking excuse, Lavar Ball. Tell them why they should rate and review us on iTunes. Well, if you ain't doing that, you're just a bonehead. You better be rating this episode right here. You better be rating this show. You know why? Because they're going to be talking about my boy, a part of this show. And guess what? I got two more boys coming, and somehow they're going to find their way to this team. They're going to be making three out of the five of the starting lineup. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just going to happen. I'm starting to talk about it right now. Yes, that's that's forthcoming. <laughs> All right. With that said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back when we can compose our thoughts a little better next time. So, yeah. Alan. Peace. Tommy, catch you later. Later. All right. With all one voice, guys, on three. Three, two, one. It's What the This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more pain. Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.